When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Comedy Report wherever you get your podcasts. You watch it on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always much appreciated when you tune in and. Don't forget now, we're offering a membership on the YouTube page. Going to give you everything still the same we are, the same as we're doing now for free. Nothing's going to change. But if you want a little bit more, if you can stand a little bit more of me, there's going to be more offered for you. Lucky you. So just go to the YouTube page, Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Go to where it says join. It's right on the front. Click that. It'll give you three different tiers you can, can check out. And shout out Blaine Bowling for being the first one to hit that gold tier. Much appreciated, and we're going to make it worth it for you. So check it out. See if it's for you. If not, you'll still be here listening to all this other stuff, and we'll keep going and have fun. But if you do, certainly appreciate it. Anyway, you can also read my work on ESPN.com. Oh, and one programming note. Kind of lied to you in the other, the last podcast with Randy Mueller. I didn't think I was going to be doing a live stream Tuesday night. Turns out I am. How about that? So 7.30 p.m. Eastern time with the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein and I, we're going to talk about the coaching search and whatever questions you might have and and whatever topics you want to hear addressed. So again, 7.30 Eastern time, Tuesday night, back for the live stream. So didn't think I was going to do it this week, but I am. So join us there. Learn a few things. Um, Anyway, for today, I've got a few notes and comments about various things going on with the commanders, starting with, of course, the coaching search. So what we know is Raheem Morris and Dan Quinn are expected to interview this week. And we know that they talked to Eric Bieniemy last week. They can also talk to Bobby Slowick this week, if they so choose. The other four coaches that have been on their list are all still alive in the playoffs. So Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Mike McDonald, Anthony Weaver, all can be interviewed next week after the conference championships. So, This could drag on for a little bit longer. And there's a chance that this drags on until after the Super Bowl, if the guy they really like, or even if if it's Detroit and Baltimore, it's definitely dragging on until after the Super Bowl, because I have a feeling that one of those guys are going to be someone that they're absolutely going to want to talk to or may offer it to. So anyway, just buckle in. Could be a few more weeks. Could be one week or a week and a half. Who knows? But that's what's going on now. And yes, they did talk to Eric Bieniemy last week. I don't really put him in the same category as a lot of these other coaching candidates. There really isn't, it's not a strong case for him. And you can sit there and say, well, he was given this and that he wasn't put in a good situation. And I would agree. It wasn't the best situation for what he offered for what they had, but you can't just say someone deserves a job because he wasn't put in a good situation. You have to make the situation better. If he wasn't getting looks after Kansas city, it's going to be hard to get looks after this season. The reality is, and I talked to somebody about this in a front office, and it's you hear it all the time. You know, 
you don't if you don't win in this league for a year like this, you're not going to get looks. And I'd be I'd be surprised if it went and really surprised if it went in that direction. And again, I don't blame the enemy for everything that happened here. I don't think it was all his fault. But again, you have to make a situation better. And let's face it, this is not an Antonio Pierce situation where players were clamoring for Pierce to get the job or else. And that's that's not what's going on here. And some of it is the reality and some of it is, you know, maybe sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, you know, I think the guy, you know, there's he's got a lot to offer. And but again, you have to look at here. Did it work out or not? Did the offense get better or not? And that's what you're going to have to go on. And if you're this ownership group, that's what you're going to absolutely have to go on. But I do think it's smart to talk to him for a couple of reasons. One, you just think, find out what he thinks about the organization, what went wrong. Find out what how what his vision would be for the future because you may also listen if they get a defensive a defensive uh, coach maybe you want to see is this somebody that you would want to keep around so and it gives um, and Adam Peters um, knows the enemy they both had been at UCLA years ago so you know there's that relationship so it makes sense to interview a guy who is in your building and but I think that's where it, well, uh, that's. I think about where it goes. Um, again, reality of the NFL, if you're if you know it's not productive and it's not good and you didn't win, really kind of hard to make a case for yourself. And it's um anyway, so there you go. I and you know, you haven't heard his name attached to any other job at this point. There were reports before the season ended that he'd be attached to certain couple jobs, and that hasn't come to fruition. At least it's certainly not public if it is. And um, so there you go. Anyway, um, haven't also heard Mike Vrabel's name here, um, and I don't necessarily expect to. I think it's really hard. I think the same thing with a Jim Harbaugh. When you're looking at guys of that stature, do they really mesh with what might be taking place here? And I would say probably not. Like if you're Har, I know with Harbaugh has a reputation. He's obviously can he can be a he's a very good coach. The rep is that after a couple of years, it gets really tough, right? And and does it does it does he mesh with the people in charge? Because that's kind of an important thing. And, you know, if you're trying to build something long-term, then you're trying to build someone you're going to work with long-term. And that has not been his MO at any of his coaching stops. So certainly gets the job done, but there's a lot more to it than that. And again, when you hear them talk about aligned vision, the new culture word is aligned vision. But when you hear that, that's what it means. It means, you know, you have Adam Peters coming coming from a situation in San Francisco with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, and they work very well together and they've done so for, for since 2017. So that's what they're trying to build here. And in the early, the beginning stages of this process, it's what I would heard is like, if there was a coach who was at like a nine or a 10, but didn't align with the vision of the front office, they would drop, they would take the coach who was a little bit lesser, but who aligned with, with the GM in the front office. And because that, that alignment gets you to a higher level than if one's here and one's here or even down here for as far as, as far as what they want. Um, so anyway, but that's why I haven't heard them. And I, I think that both those guys would command certainly a higher level of authority wherever they go because of what they've achieved. And, you know, both men can coach. Vrabel's a very good coach. And, you know, but I just haven't heard his name. That doesn't mean like it's quite possible. This group has been very good about keeping things quiet. It's quite possible there are somebody out there that we haven't heard about yet that would that may or may not be on the list. Haven't heard that. 
but it's quite possible because again, they are pretty good at keeping things quiet. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is something that the line, what, what Detroit has shown that, you know, maybe can be a lesson for this team trying to build because the Lions were, were a mess for many years and they, they got it right. How did they get it right by hiring Dan Campbell? Now, here's where I'm going to tell you, like, everybody's looking at like the hot new play caller, the hot new this. And obviously that's Ben Johnson and he may be an excellent coach. I'm not even, this is not necessarily about him. It's more to remind people that don't dismiss somebody who's a strong, strong ass leader. And that's Dan Campbell. And he did not call plays before coming here. He could. And I was talking to somebody about him today who worked with him in the past. It was like what, what stood out to them was they said, Dan Campbell could call, he could call, he could run your special teams. He could call your offensive plays. He could run. He's he's obviously very smart. He's not a D coordinator because he was on offense, but he's a guy who can really just knows how to coach. But what he did is he came in with a clear vision of what he wanted from a, as a football staff and as a football team, that clear vision, that leadership tops the ability to call plays. So if you have a Ben Johnson who has that vision, who has that leadership, and can call those plays, that's a grand slam. Otherwise, you want the guy who can lead, has the vision, and then hires really good people around him. Now, the question will be for Detroit, what happens if they lose Ben Johnson? What happened? And Aaron Glenn is also a candidate. What if you lose guys? Then what do you do? Because guys like that, if you're a CEO type and you're the kind of coach that Campbell is, you need to have those guys in those positions that you can really trust and operate. But if, but the, the thing with Campbell is he has that clear vision. I think that's something that you always want to have in a coach. What do you want your team to be? Gibbs had that. Marty Schottenheimer had that. I think Mike Shanahan had that. You know, I think to a degree, Jay Gruden had some of that, not even close to what those other had. Because, and it's just, but that's the difference between guys who had tremendous success. And that's hard to do. That's not even a knock on someone else. It's just like, that's what you need to achieve in this league. So if you have some of those guys who have that, I think that's like, so don't dismiss just because they're on the defensive side of the ball. And just because like, Hey, they've got to draft a quarterback. Therefore you have to go offense. No, you don't. You have to get the best coach in here. And if they're an offensive coach, that's even better because then you can keep them, keep the quarterback in that same system, but do not just look for that. And clearly they're not. And this is more just for us talking versus for Washington, because clearly they already know this because that's what they're looking for. And, but I think that's one thing that you have to keep in mind that Campbell created the vision for what he wanted and he has the right people executing that vision. And that's something where I think, you know, one thing I really like with Ben Johnson is, you know, that you, He's running an offense that fits what they have, and he's running it very well. It's not an offense that, that is designed to make him look really super smart. It's just a highly effective offense. They have good talent, and he uses that talent well. And, you know, people can scoff at Jared Goff. No, I wasn't trying to rhyme, but I did. Anyway, you can scoff at him, but he was a top pick for a reason. He has talent, and he did take the Rams as Super Bowl. But what Ben Johnson has done is maximize what he can do too. And then again, you have a really good offensive line. You have St. Brown is a terrific receiver. Jameer Gibbs, I'm going to get to him in a minute because it, as it pertains to the commanders. But you have really good talent. This guy uses it well. And I think that's one of the things you want. He's not a guy who doesn't seem to be wedded to a, to a system. 
another bonus in my book. And I don't think Mike McDonald, the Ravens D coordinator is either. I think Dan Quinn is the same way. Those guys, I think Raheem Morris has been in multiple systems. So it's all, I think a lot of these guys who have been in those spots have really kind of evolved, I think in, in their game to be adaptable. I think that's a very big key in the NFL is adapt to your talent. And I think a lot of those guys do, and they've evolved. They've kind of, their schemes have kind of changed over the years, or they've been in different ones and it's, they've made it work. So, but that's, but with Detroit, I think the lesson there is it starts with getting a guy in there who has the clear vision. And I think like Brad Holmes, their GM has done a terrific job as well. And, and again, you, you go to that, right. You start there and then it's P, excuse me, then it's Dan Campbell. And then it's your, the guys around you. If you don't hire a good staff as a head coach, I don't care what kind of plays you call. It's not going to work. And I think that's something that we've seen that here. You know, you have to have a better, a strong staff around you. And the strong staff is not just experience. It's having guys. One of the things with when Shanahan was here and you look at that staff. Now, all those guys got away, but they were super talented. And not all of them were going to be destined for to stay here and be a head coach. Would have been nice to see one of them, sure. But they they all elevated to that over a long journey for most of them. That's what you know. But what what they had what they hear is that you brought a lot of energy, innovation, and brain power. You don't have to be young to be innovative and energetic. You can be older, but you need to have something like that on the staff, and you need to have a strong staff. If you don't have good position coaches, it will not matter who you are as a head coach. Like you could be, I don't care if it's Joe Gibbs. If Joe Gibbs didn't have great position coaches, they wouldn't have won. But you know what Gibbs does well? He hires good people and he hires the right people and then he lets them go and he trusts them. So that's the number one thing. But I think that's one thing that Dan Campbell showed that I think this place is trying to duplicate. I think, I mean, you can see that in a lot of different places, but Detroit is kind of like the chic team. I mean, shoot, Peters can look at San Francisco and say that, well, it's right there too. And Baltimore has that as well. So- you know, you you have that in multiple places and in Kansas City clearly has that. So, but all those teams have it and this team hasn't had that in a while. And that's one of the things you're going to have to look at. The other thing the Lions have done that it's funny because I was talking about with this with someone today about their draft and it was terrific, right? You have Jameer Gibbs, who they picked at 12, Jack Campbell, the linebacker. I think he was at 18. Sam Laporta, tight end, early, early, early second round, like 34, something like that. And then Brian Branch's safety. I think he's like around 45, something like that. And so all those guys are absolute, really good players already. And it's funny because um, with Washington, I knew after, during the draft, they liked Jameer Gibbs. I think if he had fallen to them at 16, that he'd have been here right now because he would have been perfect, absolutely perfect in Eric Bieniemy's system. And that's a guy that I know that was on their radar and I think they were a little bit surprised that he went as high as they did. But one thing, and I was talking to one personnel guy about this, and the lesson is, you like a guy, you take a guy. You don't worry about what everybody else says. They got four damn good football players in their first 45 picks because they didn't care where others had them slotted. They liked, they liked them, and they took them, and they've all achieved. Jack Campbell is a linebacker who would have been good here. There are definitely people here who liked him. Some people on, on the one side of the ball, weren't quite as high, certainly not at 18. So, you know, that was a guy that I think there was some discussion about, right? I, so, and he would, he would have looked good here. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Porta went in the spot where this team really didn't have a shot at him because it was early second round. Branch, I think they're very happy with Quan Martin. Branch was a guy that they actually debated in the first round. Um, that's what they thought of him. And he's like, he would have been a very good player. I do think they got really good value with Quan Martin. I think going forward, we're going to see that more, I think. But I think Quan Martin will end up to be a, a very good player for them. Um, but Branch was a good pick by Detroit. But the point is, you like a guy, you take a guy, and you don't worry about what others say. Now, this team tried to do that with some guys. It hasn't worked out. Like Federian Mathis has not shown that he should have been a second-round pick as of yet. Maybe he will down the line. It hasn't happened yet. So, but... That's another lesson. The other thing is when you watch these playoff games, and I was talking about this with someone else that I asked somebody in, in the front office, like, what's, what has stood out to you so far about these playoffs or about these teams like the run game? And when you look at these teams, like they all ran the ball well. And three of them, of the four left, three of them were really good run teams, San Francisco, Baltimore, um, and then and Detroit. And Kansas City is the lowest one of the group, but they really they did a nice job with Pacheco against the Bills. So it's it's becoming a key part of their game because and that but that's how that's what teams are doing. And and the run game is coming back a little bit more into vogue, I think, in part because of where defenses have headed with some of their, you know, their um packages or alignments or whatever, or not alignments, packages and just maybe getting some smaller players. You could get some big fellas and start running the ball. Get a more powerful poor power um power game, you're in pretty good shape. And this team with Brian Robinson and Chris Rodriguez, I think is in good position to run that kind of an offense. And and I think they could run um with, you know, again, you look at Ben Johnson, that power, power attack. I think this team could be that. And I was talking to somebody about Brian Robinson that they thought he could be like a 1200 yard runner, but a, a just a good solid back. And Rodriguez, a really good number two backup. And then you get that guy like a Jameer Gibbs, which whom everybody would want, but someone like that of that style and you're good to go. But that's, that's another thing, lesson from these playoffs that I think you can apply to this team going forward is what do you want to look for in a coach? It's not just about throwing the ball and doing this or that. And that's where I'll go back to the enemy for those who, who want to see him as a head coach here throwing the ball too much was way too much and it didn't help Sam Howell's development. And it was not under orders by the head coach to do that. That was his offense. That guy had more power than any assistant coaches had probably since Marvin Lewis way back when under Steve Spurrier. And so that was his decision to do that. And the thinking was that they felt like it would help Howell develop. The reality is I don't think it did. And um, it's not necessarily a reason to go away from a quarterback at two, 
but I think it is a reason to, to say like, this is where the NFL is going to a degree. It's, I don't think it's going to go back to some, you know, 1970s type football. I think the pass game is always going to be a big thing, especially if you're an analytics based um, system, which these guys definitely are now. But I do think that run game, you have to still prioritize that. And they did not do that this year to their detriment. So anyway, and you know, the funny thing is about Ben Johnson's offense, quarterback who would execute it really well is Kirk Cousins. Like this is like, I'm watching it like what Goff is doing. I don't know. He's not quite Jared Goff, but I do think he'd execute that play action, physical run game very well. And and by the way, he's a free agent. So um, anyway, we'll get to that another time. But I'm just saying, like, that is what he does. And it's funny because that leads me into my other topic, which is quarterbacks. And I just started watching some of the college quarterbacks and started with a little bit of Jaden Daniels, watched some, watched some Drake May and, you know, um, talk to people about various quarterbacks. And I know I had Randy Mueller on, on the podcast for Monday talking about, in other, among other things, the quarterbacks. And I do find it funny because if a guy criticizes a quarterback that somebody likes – they take a shot at him and say, well, that's why the guy's no longer a GM. Well, guess what? He was a GM in the first place. That's pretty damn impressive. And so, yes, sometimes people are wrong, are going to be wrong in their assessment of a guy. But, I'll, you know, I, I don't think what he's heard or what he said is going to be, I think there are going to be people in the NFL who agree with him. Because I think with these quarterbacks, Caleb Williams is going to be the, the top guy. Like, you know, right now, as we talk on January 22nd, I'd be surprised if anybody but Caleb Williams goes at the top. Maybe throughout the process, maybe somebody rises up. I think if somebody rises to that level, it'd be a Jaden Daniels because he's just got that kind of ability. But I don't know. And I know some people would say Drake May because I've heard other people that I respect who played quarterback in the NFL. Tim Hasselbeck was talking about that, I think, a couple months ago, that that he that's the guy that he likes at the top. I don't know if it'll stay that way, but, but the point is, there's going to be a lot of different opinions on these guys. So just take them all for what they are and go do your, you know, go do the work, go watch these guys. And if you can get hands on all 22, if not, then watch what you can and see what you can see. But um, I do think it's interesting. It's going to be a varied um, opinion, opinionated approach with these quarterbacks. If that makes sense, there are going to be a lot of different opinions on them. That's the point. And I've just started watching it. Jaden Daniels, um, you know, I think all these guys have a lot of, you can see if somebody likes something about a player, you can see it, it will be accentuated and you can see it, right? Jaden Daniels see a lot of the big playability. And I think the benefit for him in this day and age in the modern game, again, I talked about the run game, but really the other part of it is a mobile quarterback. And a couple of years ago, I remember talking to Rivera and even Jack Del Rio about like, things that make it hard to defend a quarterback. And one of the main things is the mobility. When you can extend a play and you can break a play, that just gives you such a major advantage on offense. And we saw it with Robert when he was in his rookie year. And um, I'm not getting into that whole spat. That was ridiculous. And on multiple levels. Anyway, but as a rookie, you could see defenses, how they kind of like your presence as a runner, your ability as a runner can help regulate a defense. You can't play a certain way all the time. You have to account for those legs in the run game. Even in the red zone, there were times where I remember talking to Mike Shanahan about this um, with Griffin in his rookie year, that his numbers in the red zone improved throughout the year. And I asked him, well, is that because getting used, he's just seeing it better, doing this or that? It was because of his legs. 
his legs forced defenses to play one way in the red zone. And it just made it easier to call plays in the red zone because you knew that, that they're going to be in, in zone coverage. They just, you knew that. So, you know, so I think it just made it easier, but it helps you call plays too. So that's where a guy like Daniels can have an edge. Certainly when you start to compare it to May, and I know May can run a little bit. Daniels is a little bit different. He's not Lamar Jackson though. Like he, Lamar runs differently, ran differently and was just more explosive, made more guys miss. Lamar was just different. I think he's a unicorn at that position and in, and, and you still see it, but I think Jaden Daniels had a lot of that ability. The one thing he's got to worry about, and I'll get into this more later, because I don't want to go into a quarterback analysis yet, but I'm just, since we're, since I was mentioned quarterbacks, that the one thing he has to do is protect himself better. I saw him hurdle a guy in the middle of the field against Florida state. You cannot do that in the NFL and survive. Do that. You take that away. He's got a lot of ability. I think he's fun to watch. So it's going to be a fun process going over all these quarterbacks because throughout this process, like even with Drake may, he was better as in, in 22 than he was this year. You know, when you talk to people and so go back and watch some 22 tape because what was the progression? Why, why was it not quite as good? Why did Jaden Daniels go from here to here in 22 to 23? So, and, and I think, you know, that's, it's all of that. And that's what's going to make this process fun. And there's a lot of time left. We'll get into all that later. Um, but I did want to at least kind of bring it up just a little bit. And it's funny because the other thing you're going to hear about as we do every year is, you know, whether it's some off field concern or like parental involvement or whatever. And I was talking to somebody about that. It's like, it's, it's, I don't think they were bothered by it at all because like, first of all, there's a new, I think for some people, there's a kind of a new reality in the NFL where this, this is the, this generation coming up is going to be a little bit different because of how they've been coached or how they've been parented, whatever. And so like, it's just changing a little bit. So they deal with different things in the NFL. So what you're going to look at who, who did the best here, here, and here, and how does that game translate to the NFL? And it will be interesting to see who they hire as a coach here. And then what quarterback may fit what they do um, because they're different offenses with these guys all ran compared to what someone here might run. So how do they fit in that particular offense and how can they develop in that offense? And it's going to be hard. That's the hard thing with the projection is all that. Anyway, so there you go. That's it for me. Um, Just wanted to fill you in all that. And don't forget, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, the live stream with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders. Check us out. And I'll talk to you next time.